the people who are calling their abusers out aren't asking for public apologies. They're really asking for them to hold themselves accountable for their own actions and like recognize what they've done wrong and be able to change for the future. And for a lot of people, for some of the abusers, like reading their apologies just gives off this impression that they're only doing it because they've been called out publicly and they feel obligated to kind of share some type of response to being called out. And I think that's pretty upsetting for them to not truly reflect on what they've done wrong and how they can do better in the future. Hello and welcome back to the Prospector Podcast. Today's episode will be the first of a series addressing the SASH and misogyny awareness movement that has been going on in our community. This podcast will dive into sensitive topics regarding SA and SH, and if listening to any of these being discussed may negatively affect you, please take the time to click off right now. On the evening of March 3rd, 2021, Sarah Everett, living in South London at the time, was walking back to her apartment when she was kidnapped and murdered by a group of men. She had taken many of the precautions women are advised to do to improve their safety, including walking down well-lit streets and speaking with her boyfriend on the phone. Yet, she still did not make it home. Her death was mourned by many around the world and fueled a movement of activism and protests with people infuriated that things like this still happen. A couple of weeks passed, and in mid-March, teenagers and young adults in the local Cupertino area initiated their own movement through a series of posts on social media spreading awareness about SASH and misogyny. Many women spoke of their own traumatic experiences as SASH survivors, and others advocated against the fear they feel as women in our current society. This episode is hosted by Prospector staffers Jenny Wu, Megumi Ando, and Henry Ma. And today we're joined with CHS students Alyssa Shu, Rafael Torat, and Jason Lee, who are amongst many of those that spoke out online and shared their opinions on the issue. So Alyssa, I wanted to start off by talking a little bit about your first post, which is one of the first posts within our community to get a lot of traction. And a lot of people were talking about how uh, you took the feelings of yourself but also the feelings of so many other women and worded it so eloquently into just a couple of slides. And I think a lot of people were really gracious and thankful that you did that. Um, But then this wave of young women within our community, many of whom we know to be our peers, uh, started coming out and talking about their own experiences and telling their stories. And personally, I would say that I was really appalled, but I was also empowered by this sense of urgency. And I just wanted to know what was going on through your head when all this was sort of happening and how did it feel as you began seeing this response? Yeah, um, so kind of going off of what you just said, I think for me personally, I had originally posted this on my private account because for me, I think writing has always been a way for me to kind of let out my emotions and act as an outlet. And I think with everything that happened that week, I had a lot of overwhelming emotions that I wanted to express. So I I wrote it out and I posted it on my private account and pretty much I think all of my female friends reached out to me and they said that they really resonated with what I wrote or they had experienced the exact same things. And for me, I realized that like, this isn't just like my own personal experience. This is pretty much what every single woman has to go through in her lifetime. Um, And I also had some male friends reach out to me kind of saying thank you for um, posting this, that it really opened their eyes to what we have to go through and for them to realize what they could do better. So really for me to post it on my main account was just me thinking that if I can even just like reach one person and allow them to learn something from this post, then I think it'll be worth it for me to put it out there. I did not expect um, so many people to also share the post and also to share their own personal experiences. I was actually pretty shocked. Um, But I think it just comes to prove how prevalent this issue is in our society, in our community, and that this conversation is something that's like long overdue. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to dive a little deeper into the feelings surrounding all of this? Yeah, so for me personally, I think um, posting, first of all, posting was was me being like very vulnerable to the public, obviously, and I was um, scared of the reaction, I would say. And for so many people to also come out with their own stories for me it was very i think emotionally draining for me to read through all of their stories and see everything that they've had to go through 
um, it was very, very upsetting for me to see like the amount of things that all the women in our community have to go through and how traumatizing the experiences are. And I'm sure for them as well, it was very um, scary putting such personal things out there in the public. All right, so starting off, uh, Raphael and Jason, I wanted to know what were your initial thoughts when you saw uh, all these women in our community coming out with their own stories and experiences? Um, personally, I was very proud of them for just being so brave and coming out and talking, but I was also devastated with hearing that they had gone through so much. And I'm very happy that it's coming to light, even though I feel like it's very late and it's been a long time coming, but I couldn't be more proud of my female peers that came out and talked about these experiences. I'd probably say I had the exact same reaction. Um, on one hand, like I was incredibly proud of how like many of my peers, uh, my female peers had the courage to share experiences that maybe they weren't necessarily comfortable sharing, but they essentially spoke up and shared, um, shared about this. But on the other hand, I realized not only how um, widespread these issues were SA and SH, but like how the fact that they affected people whom I actually knew and um, many of whom I was really close with in my community. And I feel like that speaks a lot by itself, just knowing that these issues aren't just statistics that you see online, right? They affect people. They affect people who you actually know and are friends with. So moving on, uh, what do you think are some common causes that lead to the problem? Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the root of the problem, it really is just misogyny. And there's something to be said between like the power dynamic of people because statistically women are more likely to be sexually harassed or assaulted and the perpetrators are more likely to be men so i think there is a connection to be seen there and like the prejudices against women in society i think another problem is that it's so pervasive because it is so normalized in our communities i see so many girls just like if they get catcalled they kind of just brush it off because it happens so often and we're taught to kind of just ignore it and that it's normal to occur or like for example in our schools like how often have you heard just like a rape joke get thrown around and no one says anything about it or like after the presentations about consent you hear people making jokes about it kind of clowning on it like it happens far too often and like rape culture is so pervasive in our society and like that includes like victim blaming or like slut shaming and when you have so many people like working against you and like so many people ready to like point fingers at you and like blame you and trivialize your experiences. People are unwilling and afraid to speak out and you start believing that like all of these things are normal and they're kind of just how things should be. So I would say it's not exactly individuals, but it's really just like a mindset that we're taught and we've learned like since we are very young. So what do you guys think are the first steps that we should take as a society in order to change for the better? I honestly think the first step that we need to take is that since this is such a systemic issue, like this affects women across the world who are affected by misogyny and um, SA and SH, is to begin looking at and reflecting on individual actions, right? Because individual actions, they can add up to policies and they can add up to systemic oppression. Like for instance, like, when people, you know, like make disparaging comments or when they themselves are even inactive, like we can begin remedying this, essentially like removing many of these injustices by just like simply speaking up and saying, hey, this isn't like the right way to talk about people. This isn't the right way you should be interacting with people and we need to change that. And I feel like if we begin doing this on a widespread level, like we will be able to bring about change. So I think the first step um, is to begin looking at individuals, even though this is an extremely big thing, like all around the world, um, it might seem extremely large, but like we can begin changing this on individual levels. Yeah, um, and just to add on to that, I think that men just need to educate themselves. And I've seen so many like really interesting graphics on like social media. And I hope I'm not um, part of only a small group of men that actually reads those because they're actually very useful. The other day I saw one talking about how men can improve their actions when they're outside in public around a woman that may feel threatened towards them. So how they would, how they should be behaving um, so that they aren't seen as a threat. Um, I also saw another one about locker room talk and how that is a toxic uh, term and just talking about 
oh, your your body count with how many girls you can get or whatnot is just it's completely toxic and it doesn't it's it's incredibly damaging to the problem that we're facing right now so i think men just need to be conscious about what comments they're making and what comments their peers are making and they just need to be educating themselves and listening definitely listening to these girls that are sharing their experiences yeah definitely agree that like especially on social media like different graphics and also like posts are extremely accessible um to everyone especially with all of our female friends and peers um who have had so much courage to speak up and share these resources with us to help us reflect and learn even though like social media graphics like they might be limited based on like size or how the number of slides they can display um they often do lead us to additional resources that are often like more constructive and can help us reflect and learn even more so Alyssa, you talked a bit about the impact that your post has made but also how much misogyny is already ingrained within our society how much do you think still goes unrealized and how much do you think is yet to be understood by I guess our population in general kind of going back to like my post and the impact it had I guess um I had a lot of people reach out to me and say that they didn't realize that like women have to go through all of this and they never even thought about like the extent to what we have to go through. So I think for a lot of people, they really don't realize the reality of things. And because we're never explicitly taught about all these things, it's kind of just, we've learned it throughout our lives, I guess, through our own experiences. A lot of it is just not recognized for a lot of people. And I think just bringing this to like the front of the conversation, like bring, awareness to this topic is really important for people to like recognize all these things yeah I think this whole movement has definitely been a very eye-opening experience for the community in general and also there has been a lot of positive reactions which is fantastic but then there's also been negative ones and we see these arguments being brought in like hashtag not all men or people bring in random statistics What are some common arguments that you've heard and how would you say that they're flawed and how would you counter them? Yeah, I think the most common argument that I've seen made is not all men. The fact that like, oh, I personally would never do this, so I'm not part of the problem. There, I think there's multiple problems. Like number one, you're distancing yourself from a problem and kind of derailing the conversation to like another direction to kind of say that, oh, I wouldn't personally do this, so I'm not part of the problem. Um, The thing is, like, as a man, inherently you have privilege in our society and all of you enjoy the privileges and we as women, like, we don't. And kind of your failure to, like, recognize and acknowledge that in, like, many ways is enabling this culture and, like, the oppression of women. And the chances are, like, people have partaken in some way, shape, or form of, like, being a bystander in this situation or kind of enabling this culture, like, if you just hear a friend make a joke and you don't call them out, like that's a problem or like locker room talk or just like in any situation, if you've made a woman uncomfortable. And the thing is for not all men, like we as women, like we recognize that, but the problem is, for example, if we're walking on the street and we see someone, we can't distinguish if you're like supposedly like good or bad. And like we as women, we will never take that chance. Yeah. So honestly, coming from a male perspective and I mean I have never obviously committed an act of essay or SH but I do think all men are the problem all men have either been in a situation where they or somebody else has made a misogynistic joke or comment they've either been in a group of people that where someone has said something like that and they didn't speak up because they were trying to fit in I think it even goes to as small as scrolling past a social media comment of someone saying something that's completely inappropriate and ignoring it I don't think Every single man, there's not a single person that is completely innocent. I know from personal experience, I regret not having spoken up at times when I should have, when other people are making comments like that because of how much I value my female friends and their well-being right now. And it's just, it's something that I will never forgive myself for, but I know that my future actions can help that. And I hope a lot of men are thinking that same way. I know that when we're seeing many of our female friends like share their experiences, like many people, as Raphael said, like do tend to get defensive almost as if like they're personally getting called out. 
but I honestly feel like it's not enough to just say that like, oh, I haven't committed acts of like essay or SH because certainly like not all males or men commit this, but um, order to eliminate this, because this is something that's prevalent in our society and our culture to the point that it affects like a lot of people in our school, like almost everyone either directly or indirectly, like we have to take action to actively combat it. And like, as a male myself, like I've definitely benefited from like, this system of oppression as also Raphael said, like in the past, like it even goes down to like not standing up when your friend or someone you know like makes a disparaging comment or makes a remark that just isn't appropriate. And we have to begin like kind of standing up to those so that in our culture as a whole, this kind of stems from our individual actions. Yeah, for sure. Also, I think more men need to be aware of their male privilege. It's so often overlooked that they just say, oh, women are making us seem like the bad guys, but they are standing in a position of privilege where they can go out at night without being worried, or they can dress however they would like to without um, being worried about being assaulted as much as women are. Yeah, sometimes um, it's just like these very unintentional things that you are doing. You might not have a bad intention at all, but sometimes we have to understand that even our unintentional actions or comments may be extremely harmful to different people. And we have to work to listen to other people's experiences, especially our female friends, which they have been doing for a very long time, even before this. And then we have to reflect on myself. Like I've begun reflecting on like how in the past I have I wasn't able to step in and interrupt people when in my groups they were making harmful comments. Um, you guys are talking about how like um like some males are feeling that this is more of an attack and that's why they're not responding but do you think there are any other reasons that such few males have actually commented on this issue um to me i think um from what i've experienced with a bunch of cisgendered straight males are that they feel like coming out and talking about um something that is predominant in like a female group of people and kind of talking about things encircling feminism is an attack on their own masculinity. And I know a lot of straight men that think that talking about women's rights and coming out about these things is just making them seem like a sissy or just a not masculine person. And it can be scary for them to come out and show that they actually care about women, which as silly as it sounds, it actually is a thing that happens. And I, I wish I didn't have to say that, but it, it does. So yeah, I, I think that goes in with toxic masculinity, but we can get delve into that a little bit later. Yeah. I, um, for me, I think that like a pretty big reason why so many males are like fairly inactive in the sense is like, they don't want to be like, quote unquote, involved in politics. And like, it honestly kind of devastates me to talk about this because like, this shouldn't be anything close to like what politics is. Like this is the experiences of real people um, who are afraid to be themselves out in public because of SA and SH. And this doesn't have anything to do at all, honestly, with like politics, because basically having respect for other individuals, having respect for other people's experiences should be something that everyone follows, regardless of like what their political politics are. And honestly, I feel like this is just like a pretty common excuse that many people who I've heard from like do mention like maybe they're my friends um, maybe they're just people I've seen online many of them like come up with a reason like that they don't want to get involved in politics for some reason but honestly we have to begin realizing that like this has nothing to do at all with politics it's just uh, the lives and well-being of um, people who we are really close with yeah or even just like saying that it doesn't concern them when the people for example if the people that came out about their stories aren't necessarily close with these men, it doesn't matter because there may still be people that are close with those men that just aren't brave yeah. enough or aren't comfortable enough to um, share their own stories. But this is an issue that impacts everyone in the world. Yeah, I think for, there are many different reasons. I think for one, I think some people are uncertain of what they can say about the situation because um, they feel like they don't know enough or they're worried that they'll say something that's incorrect um, or like insensitive so i think for those people i'm hoping that they are like seeking out more resources to learn more um, before speaking up and kind of spreading awareness i think for other people it definitely ties into like toxic masculinity of like fear of speaking up because like their friends will like look down upon them or like laugh about it 
And I think that's really where the problem lies, kind of being able to break that cycle and speak up and support the movement so other males will also see that and be encouraged to do so as well. And what do you think is the most important part about getting males to speak up? Unfortunately, um, for many men in society, they, they really only choose to speak up or see that it's okay to speak up when they see another man also speak up uh, or support the movement. So I think it's really important to, as I said before, kind of break that cycle for more people to be able to realize that they should be supporting this movement and kind of um, realizing what they can do to do so. Raphael, you mentioned something like locker room talk. Um, So I wanted to sort of shift the discussion towards toxic masculinity, which I think is an issue that is largely linked to um, this movement right now. So what do you think is like the typical dynamic of a male friend group? And how do you think predominantly male friend groups view these topics? I think toxic masculinity has just been a reflection upon like what has historically happened towards um, women and um, also just people in the LGBTQ community um, where men are just seen as superior to all those groups. And as society has progressed, they are just trying to prove themselves as being still part of that superior group of people. And I think recently, so I personally am not in like a huge group of men and I can speak to an extent where I see at school going on some of the more you know popular groups of guys at our school are making the most um, damaging comments. There are some that have social media presences that make extremely homophobic um, remarks and jokes that I do not condone in any way and honestly I've reached out to some of them and they have not um, even replied to me or even maybe read my messages but I do think it's a problem where um, being a toxically masculine man is cool nowadays and that completely needs to change and it's why this is a problem right now. Yeah, I'd say that with toxic masculinity, there's always like the concept like that there is like a quote unquote proper way like to behave as like a male. And the problematic thing about that, the most problematic thing about that is that not only does it like try to fit um, people into like one box, but it also comes at respect, uh, comes at like the cost of just treating other people with respect and like honestly not viewing yourself as like so-and-so like superior supposedly but honestly like with like COVID-19 and with remote learning like I haven't been able to interact with like large friend groups it's it's mostly been like one-on-one interaction but I definitely see that like on social media with um, so many of our female friends like being able to share their experiences like I am pretty optimistic that there will be a lot of increased awareness surrounding these issues especially how close it is But honestly, like whether or not that translates to real change um, is something that we have to see, especially with in-person interactions increasing with like vaccines coming out with hybrid learning um, beginning. I do want to see how when we go back to um, talking to each other in our friend groups, um, whether or not we're able to stand up for stand up against like problematic things that are being said or problematic ideas and whether or not we're able to make our school like and society in general, like a healthy environment where everyone is able to feel loved, everyone is able to walk essentially outside without the fear of being attacked. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think I have to say that also, this is not an attack on masculinity in any way. And to those that want to still like, yes, there is this idea of toxic masculinity that does not mean that those masculine men cannot be masculine. They can just, they should just be masculine without telling a girl to make them a sandwich or anything like that. Um, So you guys can be masculine men, just don't add the sense of ignorance and just meanness to it, you know? Yeah, um, I think earlier Raphael talked about like locker room talk. And I think that like as a student athlete, I think I did want to address this like a bit. And I know like even in the past or even like more recently, like with group chats that are predominantly like male um, with like athletic teams, there have been situations where like sometimes conversations do get out of hand. And sometimes like I have to like 
tell them to tone down the conversation. But in the past, there have also in past years there have also been situations um, where people have like essentially bounced off disparaging remarks, and I didn't essentially step in and say anything. And I feel like honestly, like this culture only thrives when we don't say anything. Like when people are just able to bounce off these comments from each other. And I feel like sometimes it, like the only thing it takes is for one person to say, um, like this is extremely wrong, and here's why, or um, why did you feel it was right to say that? And so, um, going back to the idea that like we don't know if um, this is going to translate into like real change, um, I think we should honestly be optimistic, but also cautiously, since we do have to realize that this um, depends on what we decide to do, and it's honestly up to us to make sure that everyone feels respected and again welcomed. I think talking about the locker room and just kind of painting a picture about how this toxic masculinity is still thriving is just a big group of loud guys talking about um, these inappropriate jokes. It's really hard for just one person to come in and say, please stop. This is not correct when everyone else around them is kind of hyping them up and saying like and laughing at their jokes. So what it's taking right now is we do need more men to be in these situations where it is only men talking to each other and we need more of these kinds of people to just step in and tell them what's going on and why it's wrong um so that's why this is so important and we need so many more men to be actively listening to this problem i think the idea of toxic masculinity is that there's kind of this like cultural pressure for men to behave or act in a certain way or also be like looked down upon or like seen as weak so that's kind of like acting more masculine or kind of like ignoring emotional or traumatic experiences like trivializing those things um, which can lead to a lot of larger problems um, for example sexual assault for men i would say there's like this notion to be more like dominant and aggressive so that kind of is very harmful to male survivors because there's a lot of stigma about speaking up already and especially for men to do so there's this fear of not being taken seriously or that like they'll be looked down upon and seen as weak because incidents of harassment should not be happening to them which is not true and then for women in this movement, like I think there's this idea that like taking a part in these movements, like speaking out about these things will be seen as like weak or very commonly you see people being called as like simps when they speak out about this. And that kind of just makes the cycle worse of like people being unwilling to speak out and um, support the movement and like unwilling to change their actions and words for fear that they will be like looked down upon. How do you think these friend groups viewed SASH and misogyny before the whole movement happened? And what do you think has changed now that um, there has been so much awareness spread? Before all this has happened, the idea of men having, you know, multiple bodies or just making fun of women was kind of an ego thing. And for some reason, it would boost, bolster their pride to tear women down. And I think this is honestly still going on, um, but I'm glad that more men are aware and it does just take a few men in these big groups of people that are causing this problem to stand up and vocalize their feelings about what's going on. Um, but I do think that there's still a lot of work to be done um, for these big male friend groups to completely understand what their actions are doing and how harmful they are. Yeah, I feel like just because in the past um, people may not have um, been comfortable with sharing their experiences surrounding SA and SH. And for that reason, like many males whom I really hope don't actually condone like these ideologies and actions are trying to make like these comments to like look better, quote unquote, like in front of their male friends or like, again, just give themselves pride maybe. Honestly, I feel like with so many of our female friends, again, just having like the bravery, simple bravery to share their experiences so that we can start reflecting I really hope that this does translate to people realizing before they say these comments, how are my comments going to harm people, not just my friends or not just like people who I know, but like humans in our community. If the things that we are saying aren't constructive or helpful, um, I, I honestly just really hope even in like predominantly male friend groups, like we're able to realize that there's really no point in saying these things at all. Yeah. Um, also, I think these groups are kind of loosening the male understanding of the restrictions of consent and I think men need to realize that um, what 
perceive as consensual actions may not be consensual at all to their other partner. Yeah. And I think that this idea of toxic masculinity and kind of wanting to flaunt everything that they've done, like, oh, I did, I got to do this to a certain person. Um, they may take pride in that while someone else may just feel completely torn down by it. Um, so I think men need to realize the boundaries and the importance of consent and consensual actions in relationships. You guys already mentioned how males can educate themselves about the female perspective through social media, but do you think there are any other ways that they can show their support? What I did to kind of show that I was um, hearing all these stories and these women are listened to and I understand them completely is I just came out on social media and told them everything that was going through my head, you know, I, my reactions and everything. But I think if they aren't comfortable talking and telling women that they are heard from us, they just need to be reading everything. And I think one thing is that I do not think that men understand how threatening just they are just being outside around women. They acting like they're too good to be educating themselves on this topic. It just perpetuates the problem. So we just need more men to educate themselves and learn how to behave around women where they're not constantly putting them in danger. Yeah, I definitely want to say that like as a like cisgender heterosexual male, like just with the several layers of privilege that I have, like and the ways that like society has like benefited people like me from these issues such as like SA and SH and just the like the harmful culture that surrounds it. I definitely recognize that like I'll never be able to comprehend like essentially the experiences that many of my female friends um, have been able to share about. But I feel like the least we can do is with many of our friends being like so courageous as to share their experiences. I feel like one of the least things we can do is um, if they're if they're comfortable with us reaching out or if we do know them, like um, we can definitely like reach out even like if it's a comment, even if it's a like a share, showing them that we do support their viewpoints. And that also has the additional effect of like essentially echoing the resources and experiences that they want us to share. And again, that also has the effect of like helping each other, like, you know, reflect and learn to some extent, but also just like, I'd say a huge process of reflecting and honestly just creating change um, surrounding like SA and SH is the stuff that we do not on social media, like things that people, other people don't see is just like reflecting on how like maybe we can change and maybe like what we've done in the past, like how that can change as well. Yeah, I think also it's important to note that um, while all this is going on, men should not be going to women and treating them like they're these like extremely fragile beings. Like although they have gone through so much, they're still people. And all that I can say to the men out there that have female friends that they should be extremely, just be kind, you know, talk to them as human beings and be kind, be compassionate and listen to them if they want to talk to you or they want to explain something to you. And yeah, be empathetic, be kind, treat them as you would all your other friends. And there has been a lot of victim blaming that was thrown in with this whole movement. And I think that's tied in with toxic masculinity. So do you want to briefly um, go over the whole issue with victim blaming? Yeah, so I think victim blaming is like a part of like rape culture and kind of when people speak up about their experiences around like harassment or assault and people are very quick to blame the victim for putting themselves in the situation. For example, saying like, oh, like what was she wearing or what were they wearing in the moment or like were they drunk? And the problem is that like you should never blame the victim in the situation because it should not be their burden to constantly um, have their guard up to have to take all these precautions in order just to ensure their basic safety. And I think something that really fuels victim blaming is the idea of performative activism because people end up not being sure about whether reposts or like posts are genuine and stories are genuine. So they result to believing that they're not genuine and result in blaming the victim. And I guess with that, do you think there are any ways that this movement has shifted that you wouldn't necessarily agree with? So I think the problem with performative activism is that like fundamentally you're not engaging in this movement because you actually want to bring about change but rather because you feel obligated to do so because you see everyone else around you doing it as well or like you want to 
seem like you're supporting the cause. And I think the problem really lies in like your intentions, because if you're just reposting things without actually like reading through them, without actually actively like reflecting on how you can do better and bring about change, then that is where the problem with performative activism is. And I think it's really hard to combat this problem because I don't really think there's a way you can force people to really like seek out resources and like read things or make them like really care about the problem but i think really just by bringing about awareness to this topic it has helped a lot of people to want to actively help the movement and bring about change and i think it is important for people to recognize that like you need to actively be doing things rather than just doing these actions because you feel obligated to regarding that also there's like this whole back and forth going on between these people who are telling their stories and also uh, these victim blamers and also people who don't necessarily take the whole movement that seriously. So at what point do you think the conversation is no longer productive? Mm, I think, yeah, there's like a line to be found between making the conversation productive or not. I think one of the things is that for some people who are kind of unwilling to take into different perspectives and um, hear other people out, it's very difficult to kind of change their minds about these things. And I think after a certain point, it just seems a bit helpless or hopeless to be able to convince them otherwise. And I think at that point, for people to still actively like try to educate them, it becomes, I would say, very tiring and burdening on their part to try to actively like change their mind about something that they're obviously not willing to change their mind about. Do you think in the end there will ever be any hope to sort of change their mind? I I want to say yes, that there is, because I mean, there are a lot of unfortunate like, statistics and facts out there. There are all these experiences of women that are obviously like true and I guess proves that this is a very, very prevalent issue in our society. And I think really just being able to come into this with more of like an open mindset and actually like taking in all these things and um, reflecting on it, I think there is a possibility of them changing their minds. Yeah, and in a lot of these stories, um, there have been alleged abusers being named and called out. Um, And a couple of them have also posted their responses. Um, But do you see or do you think there are any issues with these responses? And how would you advise someone who has been accused to respond and reflect on their accusations instead? I've only read one of the responses of the accused individuals. And all I, and that one was honestly pretty shocking to read because he was trying to discredit um, the woman that came out with her experience. And all I have to say is that the moment people start discrediting people that come out with stories about their abusers is just a huge step back because it would just instill this notion that people that are coming out and telling their stories are not credible, which is completely invalid because it just brings us back to a time that we've been trying to step out of for a very long time. If it is actually genuinely completely false, then I mean, I guess they should take legal action, but I don't see why women should be coming out and telling stories that are not true because there would be no benefit to them. And if they did go through these horrible things and they're brave enough to talk about them, people should not be discrediting them at all. Yeah, honestly, also I feel like that if you are being accused and you are for like actually innocent, like people, your friends will corroborate your side of the story if it's actually true that you haven't done something. And like Raphael said, there is no real reason for someone to discredit someone else's lived experiences that they've been able to share and have the courage to come up with and try to hold you accountable for by like discrediting it, essentially like shaking it off for some reason. So I feel like the end goal of like people being called out is really just like not punishment in a sense, but it's really just more like restorative because like we're actually seeing what happens with so many people in our community who have the courage to speak out. And it's only necessary that we um, begin to hold ourselves essentially accountable for not only our actions, but also how our inactions have contributed to this. I also thought I would add, I've seen people call this stuff cancel culture, but I don't think this relates to cancel culture at all. I think this is genuinely just justice. Like 
people getting exposed for the horrible things they did. And when it's this extreme, I don't think it's just a little social media kind of canceling thing. It's more of like, this needs, this is a problem. They need to face the consequences. And it's not just societal thing that people are doing that needs to be stopped. It's just horrible people that need to face the consequences. Even though like people have been sharing a lot of their stories and experiences recently, like this has been happening for a really long time. And in the past, people have just been able to walk away and um, use your privilege to avoid any sense of accountability. And I think this is like the time that we have to recognize that our actions do bring consequences. Like not only do our words matter, actions also matter. And we kind of have to deal with this even in our local community. Yeah, personally seeing like a lot of like, I guess like the public apologies that some people have posted on social media. And I've noticed for one, some of them are straight up denying that they've done anything and pushing the problem on the survivor, which I think is a huge issue that they're not willing to hold themselves accountable or even recognize that what they did is wrong. I've also seen other apologies that are like incredibly vague and kind of just not truly addressing what they've done and shifting the conversation in like another way. And I think the problem is that like the people who are calling their abusers out aren't asking for public apologies. They're really asking for them to hold themselves accountable for their own actions and like recognize what they've done wrong and be able to change for the future. And for a lot of people, for some of the abusers, like reading their apologies just gives off this impression that they're only doing it because they've been called out publicly and they feel obligated to kind of share some type of response to being called out. And I think that's pretty upsetting for them to not truly reflect on what they've done wrong and how they can do better in the future. Yeah. And do you think this method is an effective way to get people to sort of realize what they have done? Or do you think there's an even better way to address everything? I think for some people, they have personally approached their abusers uh, individually and wanted to kind of not necessarily like get an apology, but kind of let them realize that like what they've done is wrong. And um, some of the abusers were unwilling to acknowledge the problem and just brushed it off, which is why I think they resorted to um, calling them out publicly. I personally don't think there's a problem with it because like we're not ruining anyone's reputation. I mean, you did that when you decided to like harass or assault mm-hmm. someone. And you need to realize that like what we're doing is to hold you accountable for your actions and for the future and for like the safety of others in our community. And do you have any advice for these people who are making these mistakes that you mentioned in regards to their responses towards their accusations and also the way that they should reflect on what they've done. I think just most importantly is just recognizing that what you did is wrong and addressing that what you did was incorrect and kind of holding yourself accountable to everything that you did instead of kind of like minimizing the harm that you have made on someone else. I think that's the most important part is truly acknowledging and addressing what you've done and being willing to change for the future. And what would you say to someone who's been accused but believes that they're 100% innocent, absolutely hasn't done anything wrong, and the accusation is completely false? I think a very important thing is that like when a survivor comes out and says that like you harassed or assaulted them, I don't think it's necessarily the abuser's right to say that like I didn't because I thought you were comfortable in the situation or something because the problem is like when you're pressuring someone to give consent and like they don't say yes in the first place that is inherently like you're overstepping boundaries and doing something that you shouldn't so I in that case it's not really the abuser's right to say that like like in this situation I I thought you were comfortable or I don't think I committed anything I did anything wrong um, because the truth is that like they made the other person uncomfortable in this situation and they pressured them to do something that they didn't want to. So I don't think it's like the abuser's right to determine whether or not they're guilty in that situation. Yeah, definitely. And speaking off of that, do you think that there is any other way to sort of hold these people accountable other than in the public on social media? Or do you think 
it has only become apparent with social media? Personally, I think it should be brought up to admin first. And then if the victim themselves are comfortable with um, talking it out, and if they really believe that it's something that needs to be talked out with um, some kind of legal action, then that should happen as well. Because I think social media can only go a long way, but I feel like the people that have been called out just deactivated their Instagram accounts and then moved along. Um, I don't really know what's going on behind the scenes with those that were called out, but I hope that it's more than just deactivating their Instagram accounts. Yeah, I honestly think it really depends on what the people who have, who are harmed um, decide to do. Um, like I know in many situations, like people are getting called out and held accountable in public um, on social media. But I also know that there is a lot of like discussion going behind the scenes like on an individual level. And I feel like sometimes definitely like I understand that like when people have been harmed by individuals who have done committed these things, like sometimes it's the only step they feel like is when like the admin maybe doesn't take action or it takes a really long time to respond. Um, sometimes they do see that the only way to hold these people accountable and let them realize the consequences of their actions is to call them out on social media. Yeah, I think the reason that this all happened is because like we can't just stop all this from like a couple advisory lessons. These people speaking out is the most impactful thing that could have happened and people actually facing consequences is what needs to happen for change to actually start occurring. Yeah, definitely. What do you think are some end goals of this movement? So I think specific to our community, I think the first step to change is awareness. So for people to, first of all, recognize, for men to recognize their privilege in our society and what women have to go through. And following up to that, really just to educate themselves and learn how they can better support women and change their own actions and behaviors and their words, as well as educating those around them too. I think a lot of these things are just very small steps towards making like a big change in the long term. To start wrapping things up, what do you think is the most important thing for listeners to take away from this movement? And how do you think society should progress as we move forward? These women have put themselves completely out there and they have just put so much effort in trying to be heard right now. And the bravery and um, just all of it combined into this amazing movement that's been happening. Men need to come out and listen. Seeing that more and more women are coming out and talking about their experiences is no excuse for people to say that, oh, this is just going to be the same as the last story. Because even if it is the same, then you should observe the trend that's going on. I urge every man to read these stories and to reflect on themselves and to reflect on instances that they've been in where men have made inappropriate comments. And I urge you guys, when whenever the situation comes where someone or yourself makes an inappropriate comment or an inappropriate action, to catch yourselves and to just stop it so that this problem does not grow and it does not get worse. Um, yeah, so... For like listeners who are men um, like me or identify as so, um, I just want to say two things. First is that like realize that if we don't take any action, if we don't change and support our female friends who, again, have made so many sacrifices and have been so brave and courageous to share their experiences in order to help us reflect and grow, is that even when these stories or posts go off of your feed, this is still going on. Like this culture is still there. Just because your feed like goes back to clinical like normal doesn't mean that SA and SH is no longer an issue in our community or even in the world. It's always been an issue. And I think that's something that we have to realize is that the best time to start is essentially now. We have had opportunities in the past, but the second best chance is for us to start making change now. I feel like for those listeners who are women who are part of the LGBTQ plus community who are, are affected by SASH and misogyny. I really do want you to feel, um, know that you are respected, you are loved, and you are welcomed in our community. And regardless of like problematic individuals, like there will be people who will listen to your experiences and there will be people who will support you and love you and um, throughout the journey. So um, just a couple of things I want to say. Yeah, I mean, we are just a couple of 
uh, we're I guess we're just being a little bit more vocal about our support, but I'm sure there are many more men that completely stand in solidarity with the LGBTQ community and these women that are being affected incredibly negatively by this system of oppression. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it honestly goes beyond social media or just this podcast um, where we're speaking to like an audience or the public. But sometimes like the most important things that we can do is when no one is watching us, right? Reflecting on our own actions or words, or even when we're speaking to someone one-on-one, um, when we realize something that's problematic, we definitely have like so many opportunities to just step in at any time and say that that's wrong. Um, I think if there's one takeaway, I think it's really just to find ways to actively push for sustained and positive change in our community. I think there are so many resources out there. There are so many things out there for you to be able to learn from and change and reflect on. So I think it's really important for people to actively be seeking those things out and to actually create change in our community. Yeah. And again, I just really wanted to thank you guys for coming on this podcast and speaking your minds. And I really hope that uh, people are listening and educating themselves. But is there anything else that you think we might have missed and that you would like to add? Um, I guess one last thing for me is that um, if you're also a man that has been assaulted by somebody, your opinion is not any less important or valued. So if you're a man, also feel free to share your story about what happened because we're all just here to listen and we just want to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the end, like essay, SH, toxic masculinity, everything, like this harmful culture affects everyone. Um, everyone's affected and like everyone's experiences, lived experiences, like are extremely valuable um, and are respected. Once again, thank you so much to Alyssa Shu, Raphael Tourette, and Jason Lee for coming out to the podcast and talking on it. This podcast was edited by Jenny Wu and Megumi Ando. The interviews were conducted by Jenny Wu, Megumi Ando, and Henry Ma. Lastly, the graphic was designed by Henry Ma.